could be. They they do they do love the nostalgia, uh, cash grab. And like, listen, I don't mind nostalgia, cl- cl- uh, nostalgia nostalgia cash grab done right. See Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Valid. What 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 I do mind is it not being done well, which <clears throat> Halo. See Halo. everybody, what Christian actually really loves is the danger zone. Welcome in to another episode of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. A little double box action this week. Dylan had a fancy steak dinner that he got invited to, uh, so he decided that he was going to wine and dine, but not Netflix and chill with us. Uh, just kidding. I don't blame him. The place he sent me, I looked at the menu. I was like, brother, you did the right thing. Uh, <laughs> so Dylan will be back next week. We do have his score uh, for The Last of Us Episode 3. So we will have a uh, cumulative, you know, three ranked score for Episode 3. But it's KB and Christian coming at you. Uh, we're going to talk about The Last of Us Episode 3 that took the interwebs by storm. James Gunn. Just said, hey guys, I'm going to keep it 110 with you. And just laid it all out there for the people. Uh, It's streamer season's anniversary. We're recording this on our three-year anniversary. We're going to dive into just a little fun, you know, trip down memory lane. Uh, Christian watched Poker Face on Peacock. We're gonna we're gonna dive into that uh, full fledged like as a show starting next week. But Christian's going to give us the the tell all about you know why you should be watching Poker Face. And uh, we're also going to get into the streaming platform, Multiverse News and Notes. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at StreamerSZN on Twitter, Instagram. Follow Christian on Twitter at TheWiz underscore PHI. Follow Dylan at Dylan Mazzola. And follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. And... In lieu of Dylan being here, we're going to say the line, leave your show movie recommendations in the podcast reviews. It's that simple. Those get priority in our eyes. We see a five-star review left with a show or movie recommendation. We're going to add that to our list, and it's going to be at the top of the list. You get pristine priority if you leave a review with a movie or show recommendation. You can also do that on the YouTube comment section. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of streamer season and every podcast on our network. You get live streams. You get shorts, original content, clips, 
the whole nine yards. Any video content, it's coming to our YouTube channel. Right now, as of this recording, we are sitting at 371 subscribers. Let's get to 400 by the end of February, at the very least. That is the goal. Go subscribe. Be a friend. Tell a friend. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And while you're at it, go get your merch. PHI Apparel Company is the place to go. They are the exclusive home of all Underground Sports Philadelphia merch. We have a fire big game shirt and hoodie out right now for all you Eagles and Chiefs fans. Go get that thing. We're trying to make that the number one bestseller on their website. Think vintage 90s, early 2000s, big game shirts that, you know, the the vintage shirt providers would put out if that you know you'd consider them vintage now go get that thing get your streamer season hoodies and shirts it's first edition streamer season merch as well so go get it you know ant-man and the wasp quantumania is coming out in the next uh 15 days 15 days away from ant-man as we record this 14 by the time you're listening uh we want to see you guys rocking streamer season merch when you go see ant-man uh, so go get your merch, and when you go to phiapparel.co, use code UNDERGROUND, and you get 10% off. That's how they know that you guys are coming from us as well. Get your merch, phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND, 10% off, and when you get your merch, be sure to tag us so we know where you're rocking your streamer season merch around the nation. Woo! Christian, The Last of Us, Episode 3. Lots of people talking about it. It's got heads turning. It was emotional. Uh, and a lot of people on the, the tweet machine saying, this is what happens when you deter from your source material and you do it the right way. Yeah. Like, you, there's so many little choices I could explain, even as someone who hasn't played the game, about what makes this episode just so so immensely great and while while some people may think it's blasphemous almost to mention this in the same uh in the same breath as ozymandias from breaking bad middle ground from the wire um what's the other one that i keep thinking of uh pine barons from the so sopranos I think it's at least somewhat warranted because just on the first watch, this is one of the best crafted episodes of TV I've ever watched. And yes, it's meant to be a little emotionally manipulative, but it's telling a love story mm -hmm. inherently. And there's certain parts I'm going to touch on as we do the, as we do the read through where, thematically it's great visually there's some absolutely out, outstanding frames one of the first ones I, I i would note is when they are doing the doing the kiss in in the strawberry patch with the sun in the background it's so perfectly framed it's beautiful and then as we go through the rundown there's one moment i'm gonna want to highlight because it is it's a sequence we're going to be talking about for a while simply because of what one specific choice they made. Yeah, I think recently, too, before we, we dive into the full breakdown, recently we've gotten, you know, a couple of episodes of streaming TV that 
I feel like we're going to be talking about for ever when it comes to television that's going to be taught in you know tv and film classes and everything you know i think the other one that comes to mind along with the list that you mentioned is episode four from uh season four of stranger things the the kate bush running up that hill scene with max like i i just think it's cool and fun when we get those moments in tv history that are like oh we're gonna be talking about this forever and 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 one other recent one I would kind of add to that, um, it it doesn't have as much cultural like oh my god because it's the show that wins all the awards but it doesn't have the viewership though it should have all the viewership in the world. The last episode of the most recent season of 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 Succession, it is the way it ends is is Godfather like. It is so good. The last episode is amazing. It w- it was it was a season that started high, went uh went went down, got you stuck in the muck, and then over the last four episodes, it shot to the moon in 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 a way only Succession can, and that's obviously more of a traditionally dramatic show. It's very sh- Shakespearean in terms of it's various qualities and stuff, but the last episode of the most recent season is another Titanic piece of TV. Yeah. So we're going to dive into this bad boy. So if you haven't seen episode three, now's your time to call timeout. This is a spoiler warning. This right here is your warning. Three, two, two one. one. Here we go. This episode titled Long, Long Time, uh, episode three of The Last of Us, uh, directed by Peter Hoare, written by Craig Mazin. Um, Trying to see here. Runtime was 75 minutes, so a bit longer than last week's episode, but shorter than the the pilot episode. So right in the middle middle there, uh, we got our boy Nick Offerman, who I thought was sensational in a role that I feel like we're not used to seeing nick offerman kind of portray i'm i'm gonna counter that because i feel like at various points throughout that there there was hints of ron swanson valid so it's it's there was more emotional vulnerability Mm -hmm. in terms of his type of characters he typically plays but there was a very much the very much very much a lot of the humor the the kind of dead face type type of stuff that he he had in Parks and Rec and all that. So I will say it's it's similar but different. I I think it's a better way to phrase it. Yeah. Um, and then we had Murray Bartlett as Frank, uh, two new characters introduced to the show. Um, so traveling to Lincoln, Massachusetts, Joel and Ellie encounter a mass grave along a road. Joel explains the military called some survivors of similar towns while they were being evacuated to conserve food and living space for those deemed healthy enough to work in the quarantine zones 20 years earlier uh, in Lincoln. Should we send Pat to Lincoln to do a report? Ooh. How far is Pat Pitts? <laughs> 
Pat, you may be learning this live listening to this on the podcast. Let's see. Uh, he's only about 40 minutes. Perfect. Pat. Flawless. Beautiful. Pat. Pat, we are we are we may have to send you to Lincoln Mass for uh for you to do a boots on the ground uh la- last of us version of that project you and I talked about Kyle, right? Right? Yes. That that, 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 that that is the first place we have to send Pat. Right? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, for so S- did... for Pat Pitts, I'm S Z N. See ya. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah, uh, to tw- <laughs> sorry, 20 years I'm earlier. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's a beautiful idea. That's what we call brainstorming, ladies Content. and gents. Content. In Lincoln, Bill, a.k.a. Nick Offerman, uh, monitors the evacuation from an underground... Somebody say underground uh, bunker beneath his house, then ransacks abandoned businesses for supplies and materials to build a generator, electric fence and traps. It's a trap. Uh, four years later, while checking one of his traps, Bill finds a man named Frank Murray Bartlett's character who bargains for a hot meal, uh, a shower and fresh clothes, but not Arby's. How much how much do you think they. Do you think they negotiated with Arby's to get Arby's to be in the episode? Well, in 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 talking to my friend, Arby's isn't mentioned in the game. And once again, I feel like this this is a we would have to ask Pat Pitts about uh, ask Pat Pitts about is Arby's a big thing up there? Um, Speaking of Pat Pitts, he just texted me. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, that's funny. Um, um, uh, it's it's. I don't think they would have negotiated it because it doesn't seem all that particular. Like it 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 kind of just feels like some uh kind of feels like something a uh, a a a a zonked out rubber kook may just pull out because he wouldn't go McDonald's. It's like seems like an Arby's guy, you know. That's valid. Yeah, maybe Arby's is the only thing that survived an apocalyptic event. Are, are Arby's and Twinkies, right? Yeah, Arby's. We have the <laughs> uh, Arby's. Please sponsor us. Um, so Pretty then, <laughs> before he leaves Boston, he talks Bill into playing the piano. And Frank deduces from Bill's passionate singing that he has never had anyone in his life and kisses him. And the two men then have sex. Three years later, Frank convinces Bill to help him clean up the neighborhood so they can start making friends. And also, just to pause here, because I did watch the uh, the after show thing with everybody working Same. on the show. Um, people, if you want to complain about this, Bill in the video game, which Christian and I both have not played the game, but Dylan has... Bill has a partner named Frank who just in the video game has already passed away. So yes. this was just a creative decision to bring Frank into actual, you know, gameplay pun intended and use that character to tell this story. And I think that was such a smart idea. Totally agree. It's, 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 it's one of those changes for good type things that, that happens. Yeah, 
hundred percent. Um, so then convinces them to help clean up the neighborhood so they can start making friends. Uh, Bill is skeptical, especially when Frank invites Tess and Joel to visit for lunch to discuss establishing a smuggling operation. Joel speaks with Bill and convinces him to accept Frank's plan by pointing out deficiencies in the town's defenses that he and Tess can help fix. Later, raiders attempt to infiltrate the town, severely injuring Bill before being repelled by his defenses. And then 10 years later, uh, cue the SpongeBob cue card guy. Ten uh, years later. Both Bill and Frank are elderly with a degenerative disease, leaving Frank wheelchair bound. He asks Bill to help him die. On his final day, Bill takes Frank to dress in new suits, and the two quietly marry in their living room. After dinner, Bill places a lethal dose of sleeping tablets in Frank's wine at his request. Bill then reveals he spiked his own drink as well, admitting he has no desire to live without Frank in his life. They retire to their room. Several weeks later, Joel reaches Lincoln with Ellie, and Ellie finds a letter from Bill addressed to Joel, allowing Joel to take his truck, weapons, and supplies Bill describes how caring for and protecting Frank gave him purpose and states both he and Joel have a mission to save a life no matter what the cost. When Joel discovers Bill was referring to Tess, he becomes emotional. He and Ellie agree to take Bill's truck and travel to Wyoming to find Tommy, who may be able to help transport Ellie to the Fireflies, and Joel sets new rules for Ellie. Neither of them is to address Tess or their histories. Ellie is to keep, uh, is to keep her condition a secret. And Ellie has to follow Joel's orders completely. And after stockpiling from Bill's stash, Joel and Ellie drive away from Lincoln. Bam. So what a, I've what got an a, episode. Yeah. So to unpack a few things. Uh, to unpack the few things, let, let, let's start with the last thing. That final frame with the camera going through the window where we know what's actually in that room where the camera is like that that was that that is an immense final shot on top of that i believe i, I already mentioned this but the kiss the the kiss in the strawberry patch uh, the music choices throughout this episode are immense mm-hmm. between the rock music to the to the Linda Rosnat songs, but most importantly, and the thing Twitter people who know the music flip the most out for is the is the use of on the on the nature of daylight. Kyle, do you know about on on the nature of daylight? Uh, off the top of my head, I do not. So it's the song by this composer called Max Richter. During uh, during the one last day montage. That's the song that plays. Is that not a emotionally intense song? Oh, 1,000%. And the reason everyone who knows that song flipped their lids is because it's it's a song that when a show or movie has earned it, it destroys the audience. Like, it is... It's, it's two most notable uses are during a sequence in Shutter Island... And the beginning of it, and the beginning and end of my boy Denis Villeneuve's great film Arrival, and in the end of Arrival, it shreds you absolutely to pieces. It shreds me, and I'm like pr- pr- pretty stone in terms of crying and stuff, but it breaks me. 
and it it's it's an episode that was so well crafted from top to bottom but the it's also quietly and we touched on this earlier Offerman is kind of doing Ron Swanson because there's some great sarcastic humor, specifically, uh, specifically during their, during their, uh, during their, uh, during their blow up when when a, uh, when a Murray Bartlett, when when Murray Bartlett's like, I I live in this world and you live in a world that and you live in a world. When 9/11 was an inside job, and 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 uh, uh, and uh, 9/11 was a 9/11 was a inside job, and uh, and uh, and all the government are are Nazis, and and his response is absolutely makes us cackle. And he's like, the government are all Nazis, and and Murray Bartlett hilariously, hilariously responds, "Well, yeah, now, but not then." <laughs> <laughs> and between moments like uh, between moments like that, uh, uh, Tess, uh, Tess and Frank go going inside. And and Bill recocking the Bill recocking the pistol when it's just him and Joel, and just the grimly humored suicide note. <laughs> like it, it, there is very much traces of his Parks and Rec persona in here, which I think makes him perfect. And you just get to see him unleash on both ends of the spectrum in terms. In terms of intelligent, cold, but also heartbreakingly loving, like a great example of that is 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 the strawberry scene, where uh, where where he marvels at the beauty of the strawberries, and Frank uh, and uh, and, uh, and Frank goes, "I traded Joel one one of our guns," and and Bill's just like. Which gun? <laughs> and, what did you do? <laughs> and 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 Frank goes a little one, and Bill just smiles and they go back to strawberries. Okay. Like okay, okay, good. Because <laughs> as 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 soon as he said he traded a gun in the show, I was like, oh, uh oh. <laughs> it, it is. It is such an immensely crafted episode in every sense of the word. I and I'm already telling you now that I I don't care. I'm breaking the rating scale for this episode. You heard it here first, folks. It's an anniversary rating scale broken. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think the the cherry on top of the emotion too is you know when Joel's reading that letter and realizes that it's about Tess, and then he gets emotional, and it's just like. This whole conglomerate of just pure, unfiltered, raw emotion throughout the entire 75 minutes of watching this. And it's just like, damn, like it just breaks you down and it's just so well crafted, so well done. Um, I was I was blown away by just the execution of this episode. Like we've we've pretty much touched on everything 
but th- there's 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 probably some big deep dives you can uh, some deep dives you can find online but there's the small game stuff in terms of when Ellie changes at after the shower she's wearing her signature shirt from the game and all these other small little things that people will go crazy over yeah i think that's the fun part too if you've played e- the game and easter egg you get hunt. those bonus easter eggs um and then when you just point them out to somebody who hasn't played the game and just like oh that's really cool that you know they incorporated that into uh the show and everything but christian next week's episode is called please hold my hand looks who knows where we're gonna be uh diving into there but long long time i think has uh set a new bar here i think it's gonna be in that that hall of fame episode like we mentioned you know with all the shows earlier and you know what we've watched on on this show with episode four of stranger things for people at home who are trying to find you know a similar comp um you know it's gonna be in that pantheon of just like all time moments in tv that you're just gonna remember forever so i would like to petition a change to the uh, to the rating scale this is something we're stealing something i'm petitioning that we steal from a ringer podcast i'm not going to say which one because no free ads um but come on the pod if you want and then we'll say the name um yeah sean bill whoever um so one through ten, you uh, you you have the normal rating scale. Eleven and twelve are for anything truly exceptional. That 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 will have a massive cultural impact or will be remembered for a long time. So that, in essence, uh, that that in essence means um for things we think are truly ex- exceptional we can go above that 10 but for 90 95 99 percent of things it'll still stick between the one one to ten range I'm trying to think of something creative to make it our own number um we will call then it the stream out meter the stream i like that for the rating scale name um i'm also thinking because our anniversary is 2220 do we just make it oh it's a 24 2 plus 2 plus 20 hmm. but when we have to adjust our entire rating scale then see see it would it would it would be i e- see what you mean See, like the 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 only thing that sucks is it's not a twenty five because we, it would then theoretically we could do an in we could then just do a multiplicative of four, but I think just sticking with the like ten through uh the like one through ten and then having the exceptional ones who break the scale I think is a totally fine thing because I don't think we're gonna break the scale that much, like. Between this, the Stranger Things, uh, the the Stranger Things r- running up that hill ep- ep- episode, these come maybe once every few years. Mm-hmm. So I I we'll don't workshop think... it. Let us yeah. know what you guys think we should do. 
to make it our own. If there's anything, let us know in the comment section on YouTube. Um, Dylan sent us his score. He didn't send us a full-blown He said review, flawless. Uh, but he said flawless 10 out of 10. He's giving it a 10. So, here's my logic. I gave the first episode a 10. This episode's miles better than the first. I'm giving it a 12. Wow. <laughs> it, it, like, it is... It it is an episode that while it's almost a almost a somewhat of a message in in a bottle type of thing, and it's not directly tied in. It's not directly tied into the storyline, but it serves as a way to tell us something and show us that love even exists. Any love even exists in a hellscape. There there is purpose in everything. And in all the small things on top of just the immense craft of everything, it is, it is probably in terms of TV shows, the centuries, one of the, I would say the 20 best episodes, even though I haven't seen everything on that list, I'm comfortable in saying this is something we will be remembering for a long, long, long time. I want to kind of commit to the bit here that we have just established. <laughs> but. And I think I'm going to because it's my favorite number. I'm going to give it an 11. Melon? A what? So I'm going to give it an 11. Dylan gave it a 10. You gave it a 12. 23 divided by. Th- no, no, it's 33. A, it's a 33 divided it's by 11. 3. It's an 11 out of 10. A what, first what? in show history. Uh, what what uh, what did our what, what was our rating of last week's episode? Uh, last week I want to say it was still in the nines. All right, so we had nine point six two five on the first one. We have Let's an eleven to here, a whopping nine point seven. Nine point seven. We have an eleven. And and I want to say last something. week was like a nine four or nine five. All right, so nine nine five nine seven. That is 19.2, 30. So the season's averaging like 10.06666. Pretty good. For the, it's heading for the history books, ladies and gents. Uh, but we get a show who, first, a, an episode rated an 11 out of 10. Kyle, who could have seen this coming? Oh, me? Oh, Really? Yes. Yes. Play the tapes. Play the tapes. <laughs> well, it's 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 a shame we don't have Dylan on this show, so we can get his absolute banger Twitter clip of the week. <laughs> so now, I, but but I'm sure I'll make something up during our multiverse news news and notes segment. <laughs> Oh, and I'm sure we'll get something crazy in the next few segments as well. But that is our Last of Us Episode 3 ranking. A historic rating here on our anniversary. 11 out of 10 goes long, long time. Moving on, though, to kind of out... Not really out of the blue, because he did say it was coming later in January, but it came, you know, in February. (laughs) He... He said it was coming in January, and then he waited till the last day. And he <laughs> so, said, hey, guys, how you doing? By he, we mean 
James Gunn, Mark which, King. Which, every time I see James Gunn with the glasses and the zonked out hair, uh, he uh, he always looks like a mix of uh, a mix of no Christ. That's uh, that's the wrong thing. Uh, he he looks like a mix of a mad scientist and a, a mad scientist and Adam Savage from MythBusters. Ooh, good call, good call, good <laughs> call. <laughs> good celebrity mashup there. Glasses, beard, wild, wild, wild hair, mad scientist. Sure, yeah. It's just Doc from Back to the Future. Jamie, we're gonna go back to the future. To we're the gonna past. save DC. <laughs> Peter, get Peter, get my DeLorean. <laughs> we're going back to delete the Snyderverse from existence. Oh man! So James Gunn puts out a beautifully crafted video on social media this week, T- talking directly to the camera, just right in your faces transparent as all hell breaking down what's to come and i i like this not that we are anti kevin feige on the show we love kevin feige you don't see kevin feige truly doing this unless it's at a convention right like Uh, we 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 are not anti-creative people in charge we are pro transparency correct and i think that's the right way to phrase it yeah, and I think James Gunn is learning from some of the less transparency that is put out there from Marvel because they try to be secretive, and you know we love that about because it, it it gets us yeah. you know with our brain juices flowing. Oh, what's what's going to happen here? James, but I think James Gunn is learning from that and giving everybody what they want to hear for a property that is DC and the DC universe that's going to be you know this new era of it. There's so many questions, so him being transparent is the number one thing he can do. James James Gunn is also a director at heart still. Like he he's he's very much someone for the creative process, and that's part of the reason DC put him as co CEO. He's kind of the head creative guy and Peter Safran's the head business guy of DC Studios. So and also James, unlike a lot of directors is very active on social media. It's mm-hmm. it's it's him and Edgar Wright are the two that are most are most active. And and what would you know about both of them? They're both a little kooky. <laughs> They're in all the best ways. Yes, we we <laughs> we we stand Edgar Wright on this podcast. One movie I think would be a very streamer season movie if no one's watched it. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Kyle have. I've seen Scott Pilgrim. T- t- tell me that's not a streamer season film. Oh, one billion percent. Um, but yeah, I, I love. I love what James Gunn did here. You know, he laid out you know the plans for the upcoming projects and gave us a sense of what this new roadmap of Guns the DCU is going to be. Uh, which the first chapter, as Christian just said. Uh, well, well, they're going part, to call it part gods and monsters. Part of the first chapter is going to be called As... Gods and Monsters, uh, which will include ten new films and TV projects, 
both Gunn and Safran have said they intend to focus on screenwriting and allowing other creators to put their stamp on familiar characters as well as more obscure ones from the comics. Which which uh, which will which we'll talk about that in streaming platform news and notes because there's one I'm very excited for. These titles will exist in their own corner of the DC universe, distinct from upcoming releases that predate Gunn and Saffron's tenure. Still to come this year are Shazam! Fury of the Gods on March 17th, which they just absolutely... Look at how they massacred my baseball stadium. Uh, Look at the, how they massacred the Ben Franklin Bridge with that bad CGI. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Chief. Come on now. The Flash is still releasing on June 16th, uh, Blue Beetle on August 18th, and then Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on Christmas Day 2023. Which, which, to be honest, of those, the only one I even remotely care about is The Flash, and that's only because I want to see what the hell happened. <laughs> I just want to see what the hell happened there. Uh, once those are cleared from the slate, the pair expect to launch two films and two series per year uh, from 2024 on. Uh, the only uh, DC projects that have broad release dates so far are Superman Legacy, which we'll get into, and The Batman Part 2, which is Matt Reeves' Batman, uh, both due in 2025. And which we should clarify, Batman Part 2 is DC Elseworlds. Which I like. Yes, yes, but but I think we need to clarify that considering what we're going into. Correct. Into the bigger slate that we're going to talk about here. Yes, um, and I like that they clarified it with kind of like its own title, like DC Elseworlds. I, I yeah, like it's, that. It, we, we, we are not doing the DCU and the DCEU and then just – no, please. Like, and, and, and it seems clear that 90 – 95% of the stuff is going to be in the main DC continuity with some pre-existing things mm -hmm. existing um, inside the uh, existing outside the the continuity like Teen Titans Go, which I think sh just shouldn't exist because the first Teen Titans was miles better, but that's a more mature show, so shrug. Um, the Batman movies, I believe the Har uh, the Harley Quinn series is DC Elseworlds. I think so, yes. Which again, totally deserves to operate on on its own and all that. So, but it's good to see that they are kind of going a Marvel issue up. But at the same time, uh, as we get get into the slate and how you mentioned the four things a year thing, they aren't try at least early on. They don't plan on oversaturating us like kind of the Marvel effect of the past two years. Yeah. Uh, so first up <clears throat> on the slate is the animated series uh, that is already in production for HBO Max and will have seven episodes all written by our Lord and Savior James Gunn, Creature Commandos. I'm so pumped about this. It's an updated version of the 1980s comic about a group of monsters assembled to fight Nazis in World War II. If the premise sounds similar to the Suicide Squad, that's no coincidence with Gunn at the helm. The character Weasel from Gunn's sequel film will be part of this series. Uh, as will the father of Rick Flagg, a.k.a. Rick Flagg Sr. Uh, no voice actors have been cast yet but the studio is reportedly looking for actors who could possibly play the characters in live action as well. 
And let me tell you guys, I don't know about Christian. I'm not speaking for anybody here. I loved that portion of James Gunn's announcement was that the DC universe will bounce between animation and live action using the same people, the same people. I fucking love it, which is key. Keep the same people. You keep continuity. Yes, do it. It, it, Sure, it may be slightly confusing, but you're keeping the same voice, which is key to avoid this DCEU. Are these things existing in the same timeline? Well, they're all using the same voice people in 99% of cases, so yes. Also, Weasel in this this character art looks hilarious. <laughs> can, can, can James Gunn get his brother to just do Weasel sounds? <laughs> And and uh, and and thus have him be the weasel voice actor. <laughs> I think we could see it. Yeah. Uh, the next project, which I was talking about this with a coworker before Black Adam came out, I said I have a take. I might have brought it up on the show too. I said anything that involves Amanda Waller, DC wise, is important. And wouldn't you know, we're getting. An Amanda Waller series. To which I respond, you have one of the best uh, black actresses in Hollywood and Viola Davis in an iconic role. And, you know, she seems like she 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 is the presence. She has that pit bull in her. She's someone you want to carry over. And plus imagining her doing kind of the going up against Batman in terms of, uh, what's the wrong thing of, in terms of kind of what we remember in the animated shows, she's the perfect person to ha- to be involved in any moments like that. So yes, full, full, full send. And I think it should be noted that didn't, uh, James Gunn say team peacemaker. Yes. So another gun related project, this upcoming series will be a spinoff of peacemaker, uh, which was itself a spinoff of The Suicide Squad, starring Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, the uncompromising head of secret government organization called Argus, an advanced research group uniting superhumans. Uh, the show will feature other characters from Peacemaker as well, serving as a continuation of that series in lieu of a second season. So this is essentially, you know, Peacemaker Season 2. I kind of liken this to what I what we all believe Agatha Coven of Chaos will be to WandaVision. And is it this show or is it Creature Commandos that has the Doom Patrol showrunners? Uh, it's this one. So Crystal yeah. Henry from Watchmen and Jeremy Carver from which, Doom Patrol have been tapped as showrunners. Which did you watch Watchmen? Uh, uh, bits and pieces, but not like full-fledged. So... Did you ever watch the movie Watchmen or read the book? A long time ago, I saw the movie. Yeah, so it's kind of a similar to all this, a continuation of years down the line type 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 of thing. That's another one of the great shows of like the past ten years. That I think we could be due for a review at some point. I'd be Sim- similar to how. Have you seen Chernobyl? I haven't. That was something Dylan and I have like kicked around early of watching, and it's just been on our watch list. 
so not circling, not trying to circle back to The Last of Us, but given how it's the same showrunner, I feel like that's a little thing we could mix in over the next month, where because it's only five one-hour ep- 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 episodes, we could spring smuggling a thing here or there heading into March Madness Mania Mando Last of Us into succession at the end of the month. Both Waller and Creature Commandos are expected to premiere sometime before 2025 as, you know, uh, appetizers to the next installment. Um, I'm excited about this. I love Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. She just just dominated in this role, even dating back to the original Suicide Squad movie. Let Um, her eat. She's awesome. Clear out. Next up. Superman Legacy, which is the James Gunn uh, Superman film, uh, and it's highly anticipated. We don't know much about it. Um, it won't be an origin story. It's scheduled to release on July 11th, 2025. Obviously, Henry Cavill not returning to play the Man of Steel. Everything else, including the recasting of the lead characters, under wraps for now. Uh, the film will officially launch the new DCU into high gear. Rebooting one of the signature characters from DC Comics was a priority for Warner Brothers even before Gunn and Saffron came on board. So, expect this to be a tentpole film for the DCU. Yep. I'll say this. Because James Gunn is on on this project, I'm intrigued. Because if you guys have listened to this show or know me, Superman does not move the needle for me whatsoever. So... James Gunn putting his fingerprints all over Superman. Color me intrigued. Trust in James Gunn. I know people. I'm friendly with people who uh, who are big Superman people who are very excited for this. So we shall see. Next up, something I'm very pumped for. It's a TV show, Lanterns. Green Lantern TV show. That will allegedly be inspired by True Detective. Um, The show will be a terrestrial-based and feature Green Lantern's Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart teaming up to investigate mysteries. Uh, Following in the Marvel model, the characters will eventually be integrated into the larger DCU and may pop up on the big screen as well, something the studio has avoided doing with its TV characters in the past. Um, The previously announced TV series based on the Green Lantern Corps from the Arrowverse producer Greg Berlanti is out, and this is the new version. Which, something I want to bring up with this is the way James Gunn described it. He specifically referenced one show. Do you remember the show he referenced? Uh, other than True Detective? No, that he referenced True Detective. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is one of the iconic first seasons of of TV in recent memory. It's like True Detective and Westworld. and He's he's setting an extremely high bar for Lanterns. An extremely high bar. Which I I can't react too hard to. Like the premise. Count me as excited. I'll be. I'll have my true excitement once we know who's cast in those roles. Yeah. But it's it's uh we can get into casting and later stuff, but yeah. 
guys, we we need Glenn Powell involved in either Hal Jordan or Booster Gold or something along those lines here. The next film on the docket is The Authority. Uh, one of the lesser-known superhero teams is getting a big-screen treatment in a film based on the 1990s Wildstorm comic series created by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. Gunn and Saffron seem to have an affinity for anti-heroes. So do I. Uh, and many of the upcoming projects in the new DCU involve characters that live in the spaces between good and bad. He did reference that, too. He said, you know, there's there's black, white, and gray when it comes to the DCU, which is very exciting. This one certainly fits the mold. The diverse team is known for its extreme approach to crime fighting on Earth and elsewhere in the galaxy. It sounds like Gunn is leaning into that approach. Quote, not every film and TV show is going to be about good guy versus bad guy. Giant things from the sky come and good guys win. There are white hats, black hats, and gray hats. I think this is going to be very fun. Superman's involved in this, so I'm sure we'll see whoever the new Superman is in this film. Um, but it's going to... I think that I think it's fun that they're diving into these lesser-known titles because that's exactly what James Gunn did with Marvel. It's before, the James Gunn special. Before Guardians of the Galaxy was, was a thing with James Gunn, that was a, a cult you know, following type of thing from the comics and James Gunn made them beloved characters. Yeah, there's not much there's not much else to say where it's when we just kinda gotta wait and see on all of it. Next up is another T V show, Paradise Lost. Uh the HBO Max show will take place on the island of I'm totally gonna butcher this, Themyscira, uh the birthplace of Wonder Woman. I think uh, you nailed it. Hey, if I nailed it props to me uh and it's being described as get ready for this a game of thrones style drama with an all-female cast of amazons yeah which which this is the point where james gunn may have done the classic directors uh done the classic director bullshit thing where he's like i'm calling out true detective i'm calling out game of thrones that's like so you're calling out two of the most impactful shows of the last 15 years <laughs> are you sure you want to do that and set that standard okay uh we expect them to be talking about the political intrigue and fighting over a throne uh rather than the gratuitous sex incest and violence but hey you never know uh it's okay. going to be a prequel to the Wonder Woman film set before Diana's arrival, and that's one way to do Wonder Woman without actually having to recast the role. Who? Gal? Uh, Gal? Uh, Gal? Who? Gal? Who? 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 <laughs> does Does anyone hear all those owls? Who? Who? The who? court? The who? court of owls? <laughs> Matt Reeves. Uh, speaking of which, next film on the docket: The Brave and the Bold. Uh, once Robert Pattinson gets one more lap in the Batmobile in the Batman well, he, Part Two, he may technically get a third. Because I agree. It's DC Elseworlds, but you know, uh, another actor will take the wheel for the foreseeable future. This will be that actor's debut. The film will also introduce Batman's son, Damian Wayne, for the first time in live action. If he's anything like the character in the comics, raised by assassins and prone to violence, the new Batman will have his hands full with this kid. Gunn tellingly describes him as a, quote, little son of a bitch. So, here, the, my first thought in this is, okay, A, how old are we making Batman? B, 
because that then impacts the rest of it. But who was the first person that came to mind for you? For For Batman? For Damien. For Damien. Because there's one person that comes to mind for me. Hmm. I'm sure I'm gonna agree with yours because we tend to agree on DC things. So, so he's he's kind of getting a little old, but he's still very baby faced. Aiden Gallagher, Aiden. who plays five in Umbrella Academy. Let me look at the face. Oh, okay. Give given his yeah. Umbrella Academy character, given his Umbrella yeah. Academy character, he's a little old for it. He's 19. But he looks like he could pass at 15 or 16, if we're being honest. Yeah. So it, it, I could see that. It 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 works. And James. Yeah. <laughs> James that works. That know, totally works. But also the uh, fact that it it being Damien, can I can I induce you into Nightwing and Red Hood? Yes, please. Are we getting uh, Talia Al Ghul, and are we gonna dr- dr- drag up that storyline at all, James? You want to talk about that storyline? <laughs> Give it to me, James. Uh, then the next film we have on the docket is Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, in addition to bringing on talent with experience writing superhero films and shows, Gunn and Safran are also looking to comic writers to make the transition from page to screen, and one of them is Tom King, who wrote the comics. Um, series this film will be based on and if your image of supergirl has been shaped by melissa uh benoist's portrayal in the arrowverse series or the 1984 film starring helen slater this version of superman's cousin may come as a surprise a hardened survivor raised on a rocket ship off of krypton king's kara zor-el is far more hardcore than you might expect Hardcore. Yeah, cool. Sign me up. I think, you know, I think that movie's going to be, you know, further down the line than most. So we'll have more of a a base of where the DCU is at by then. Um, Next TV show is Booster Gold. The closest thing to a comedy on the current roster, a new series based around Booster Gold is headed to HBO Max. The character is basically a fraud, a time-traveling guy, uh, from the future, who uses advanced technology to convince the world he's a superhero. There's a lot of potential for the series to go places that other superhero shows haven't gone before, but it's all going to depend on the creative team they hire to develop it. The casting of the main character will also be key, as they'll have uh, have to effectively walk the fine line between smarmy and likable. The audience has to want to come back week after week to hang out with this guy. Sounds fun, for a show at least. Uh, Then we have the next film, which this kind of surprised me as a film, but I'm color me intrigued. Swamp Thing. Yes, let me cook for a quick second. Cook on him, Christian. Let him cook. Now, this is uh, a a type of thing that would long be rumored to drag in Guillermo del Toro because Guillermo del Toro, Hellboy, while he was doing his monster stuff, current rumors surrounding James Mangold which has me happy and intrigued because James Mangold, pretty good director you know, uh, Ford versus Ferrari uh, 
a little film called Logan. And now let's go Swamp, Swamp Thing. Stay in DC. Okay. I'm like, yes, please. Give me, like, this is this is what we yell at Marvel about, except I think DC is going to do the good version of this, and instead of previsiting the shit out of every fucking Marvel movie and not giving directors freedom, uh, I feel like Gun and Co. are going to kind of have an idea of the types of stories. And as James Gunn said as much, they're going to let the writers and directors be creative. And if you let James Mangle do it, and you give this guy the right budget, whoo boy, this going to be a good-looking film. Ooh yeah. boy. I'm excited. Sign me up. Swamp Thing's dope. Um, just, just, just confirm James Mangle, and we'll be cooking, Chief. Then uh, the next thing is obviously we touched on it a bit. The DC Elseworlds, um, which is Bob Pattinson. That is uh, Teen Titans Go. That is the Todd Phillips Joker and the Joker sequel. So, so um, do, do you know about the Joker sequel? Yeah, it's going to be a musical. With, with, with Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn. Yes. <laughs> which which when, when I first saw that, I thought it was a joke. Same. <laughs> because, listen, I know Joaquin Phoenix did a Johnny Cash biopic. But, guys. <laughs> Jakuku Phoenix. Like, like we, we're going from imitating Martin Scorsese in the first film to are we doing a sing-through musical or... Huh? Like, what's the plan here, guys? Explain this to me. Jane, Todd, please. Honey. So that is James Gunn's tell-all. I'm excited because this is the most transparent and the most like groundwork we've ever had laid out for DC films and, and show properties, I think, ever. Um, and kind of just knowing where their direction is going to go in this first chapter is very, very exciting. I don't disagree. So there it is. James Gunn's tell-all brought me a ton of energy. And you know who else brings me a ton of energy, Christian? Our friends over at Dubby Energy. Uh, that's what we call a segue, folks. Uh, Dubby is going to war on big energy. Time to go to war, boys. Uh, they are ready to just put big energy on their asses and get them out. They're tired of big energy favoring profit over quality and making energy drinks loaded with jitters, maltodextrin fillers, artificial colors and dyes, sugars, and other BS. You can take a peek yourself at the nutrition labels. Uh, we They grew upset with these types of energy drinks and decided to wage war on Whoa. big energy by releasing their own energy drinks, which are cleaner and jitter and crash-free. And here's to paving the road for a better future for energy drinks where the status quo is no longer profits over quality where quality matters and where energy drinks don't get a bad rap for being quote unhealthy and harmful to consume. You can check out their wartime 
uh, collection that is available for a limited time, including the Big Energy Tears Tub flavor, which is blue raspberry. Uh, who doesn't love the blue flavor? They also just released a Black Widow shaker, which is black and red dubby writing on it. It looks awesome. We have the wartime camo flag here in the studio. Uh, and you guys, YW, they've got that patented neurofactor, which is clinically proven to help brain performance. There's no calories, no sugar, no maltodextrin, no fillers, no artificial colors, and you're not going to have jitters or crash. I tried the Dragonade live on the main pod. It's delicious. I have a whole tub coming uh, in the next couple of days. Dubby tries to ship everything out in 24 hours as well. They ship it first class. They are all class. And you guys can get your own and go to W.GG and use code UNDERGROUND. You get 10% off any and all orders from our friends over at Dubby. I've got this mint shaker too for signing up for the newsletter. Uh, so go to W.GG. And use code UNDERGROUND, you get 10% off, and start kicking bad energy to the curb. Yeah, Guys, it's our anniversary. Ooh. We're recording this on our three-year anniversary where we decided... Where, uh, where, where, where's the cake, Kyle? Where is the cake? It's crazy. Uh, we, uh, we put out a quote-unquote Super Bowl halftime commercial during uh, the Super Bowl three years ago when it was the Chiefs and the 49ers down in Miami and uh we were like hey we're gonna we're gonna dive into the tv and movie and entertainment space and start you know taking like tv and movies like book club and talk about them on a on a podcast uh it got wild interaction on the socials the the commercial has been our pin tweet ever since um but it is pretty crazy to see where you know the iterations of this show where we went from just talking about one thing to then episode by episode breakdowns and then this new iteration where we're doing an episode by episode we're doing news we're doing business of streaming platform news and notes and stuff like that um i think this podcast was unique and it came out at a unique time because you know about a month after we announced the show all that anybody was doing was watching streaming platform shows and movies um but it is uh pretty wild to see where this whole thing has gone over the last three years. Yep. I, I joined what I joined in about July, August, 2022. So yeah. And I mean, you've been on board with doing stuff for the company since 2019, 2020. Uh, Pull my resume. <laughs> I want to see, and you know, uh, you were a big movie buff too. And I was like, why have we not had Christian involved in the mix? Yeah, it's uh, I have it dated as July twenty twenty. So there it is. Um, you know, we had a nice little logo refresh recently too, and um, I think this year, you know, the two pods that. Got up off the ground in 2020 with getting the hole in streamer season. We're going to take this thing to, to new levels. I think we have a lot of fun content planned here. Um, podcast wise, we're trying to, you know, bank more interviews and, and get more people in the industry on our show. Um, be more interactive with everything going on news wise and 
we, you know, this is like the people's show too. You know, we love hearing from our listeners, getting recommendations from you guys. So as much as this show is, you know, myself, Dylan and Christian talking about everything, it's very interactive. We want you guys to be part of the puzzle here that makes this thing go. So uh, three years of streamer season down and a lifetime of movies and shows to watch to go. Yep. Very excited for what we have planned. You know, we, we're obviously we've teased and planning uh, New York Comic Con in, in the summer. So buckle up for that. Hopefully Ooh. Dylan's cosplaying by then because um, that would be electric. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of stuff planned when it comes to movies and shows we're working on getting a whole bunch of stuff ready to go you know hopefully some uh live watch parties with you guys for different movies and shows on uh different streaming platforms and stuff so very pumped for uh the future of streamer season more to come stay tuned tuned cheers to three years everybody uh so without any further ado Let's get into everybody's favorite segment. It is the streaming platform Multiverse News and Notes brought to you by our homies over at Kenwood Beer. It's Dylan's favorite beverage of choice when he's watching his favorite shows and movies. Cracking open ice cold Kenny's probably at his steak dinner tonight. Uh, you guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use that all new and improved Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can also get Kenwood Beer Big Kenny's at the Wells Fargo Center if you're in Philly. Taking in the Sixers, Flyers, Wings, or Villanova basketball. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Christian, I think the number one thing uh, in this segment to start off with is the Netflix password sharing article that came out okay. earlier this week. Buddy, Let I'll let stretch. you cook. All right. So Netflix already wasn't what the, the – let, let's quickly use some method if Netflix wasn't already the, mm, let's let's gen, let's generously say third or fourth best streaming service, they continue to plummet. <laughs> because, if we're being honest, HBO Max, Zaz, I have cutting stuff or not, is the best streaming service in terms of what they have available to watch in terms of new shows, new shows. And a great backlog of movies and shows. I'll give it to Disney Plus, even though they are inconsistent somewhat in quality. They also have a great back backlog of stuff. Hulu, I'll give it to them. Uh, and it's just kind of like, guys, so, so, so first of all, you try and put something out a, a, a different week every year. Hell, hell, hell. Apple has higher quality shit than than you most of the time. And so your way to try and compensate for that and your shitty overspending on shows that don't matter and are in the pop cultural zeitgeist for a week or two and then fade away because you decide to drop everything at once, which 
spoiler, if you look at every other streaming platform, the ones that are good, they don't do that shit, okay? Smile. Read the room. Uh, and so then what we're staring at here is, oh, we need to get more people in here. Oh, let's change it so that uh, you can't share your password. How, how, how are we going to do that? Oh, we are going to have it tag it to a Wi-Fi network, and if it hasn't connected to that Wi-Fi network in 30, within 31 days, you're locked out. Guys, honey, you, 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 you know kids who go to college have a family account? And if they, and f in my case, I, I went to college in Florida. I came home maybe at Thanksgiving at, and at winter break. I ain't going to have access to Netflix. I hate to break that to you. And if you think I'm paying $20 a month, $15, $20 a month for a streaming service that you you don't even own your good stuff. And even when you do have good stuff, you drop it all at once and, and that can cancel after a week. What are you doing here? You aren't solving the problem. The way you solve this problem, you put yourself in, you bunch of shitheads, is you do this. You drop one Stranger Things episode a week. Because then, everyone keeps talking about it over and over and over, and then the next Sunday, another episode drops, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. So it stays relevant for longer. People stay on your service for longer through, through the free trial period. Because guess what? That's longer than a month, buddies. And, and 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 then, spoiler alert, you cut down on you cut down on these bad movies, on these bad shows. Like like listen, I I respect you going for for something like that nineties show. It's not that good. We don't need a second season of that. Realistically. We don't need a bad Melissa McCarthy superhero movie. I get that. I I get that she's a name, but you're better off in, in investing in more stuff like Stranger Things, The Crown, Bridgerton. Don't give the Russo brothers two hundred million dollars for an action movie that isn't good at all. But but simply because, but simply because you were given x amount of x amount of money for the year, it's like. Oh shit! We have three hundred million dollars left over. Uh, let let let's give it to Joe Russo, Joe and Anthony Russo, to make a star-studded action movie. That's meh. Instead of I don't know, spreading that three hundred million across six indie directors to make strong films that could have awards buzz and have people excited. You know, and 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 you get like a star or two in them. It's like, guys, what the fuck are you doing? You you, you are tanking your own brand in a in a in a way that once people get long out, out, out of Netflix, there's a ninety percent chance they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck because guess what? For for half of the year, you aren't fucking relevant. You aren't relevant. Congratulations. Because you played yourself. Right. You played yourself. Because if we look at what Apple's doing, 
specifically this year. Just coming back. Ted Lasso. That's going to fuck the Emmys. That's going to get people involved. We we had slow horses last last year, which everyone from my age to my grandparents lost. Uh, <laughs> that's a notable age range. And on top of that, Apple has a Martin Scorsese movie. Apple Apple has a Ridley Scott movie about Napoleon starring, oh, I don't know, Joaquin Phoenix. And meanwhile, Netflix has a Millie Bobby Brown damsel film, which I'm like, this doesn't look good, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Like, the best thing Netflix does is they give David Fincher money. Because that's the type of people, <laughs> that's the type of people you give money to to be creative shepherds. Because look what he brought from Netflix. He brought you Mindhunter. He brought you Mindhunter, which is one of your most well-known shows. And it's probably one of your best shows you've ever done. So Netflix, Jesus Christ. You know, if you cut back on your spending or you just appropriately use your spending in high-quality ways and just did releases bit by bit or in case of what Peacock does at times is or or even what they do with the boys is drop two or three episodes and then you're just dropping one, 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 one. It works much better. It works much better. Come Netflix. This password sharing thing is fucking stupid. It's fucking idiotic. It's going to lose you people because college kids don't want to spend 20 bucks a month on something that they're going to watch two or three days Instead of spending that twenty bucks on like, on to basically get into a bar or something, I'm sorry, but that's just the fact that you have to realize. Yeah, it's dumb. Um, I love that. Typically, friend of the network, old takes exposed. Uh, Typically, just tweeting sports takes. Tweeted yesterday the old tweet of. Love, love is sharing, sharing a password. password. That's how you know you're 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 screwing everybody is when you get old takes exposed. Um, just wild. Uh, speaking of the sports world, Christian, uh, the star of Ted Two, Tom Brady, officially retired. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> I hope Brandon Graham haunts you in your dreams, son. The ghost uh, of that strip sack. Haunt you for the rest of your life like a civil war ghost. I don't know if signed, you were just... ca- signed Captain Andrew Luck <laughs> Esquire. I don't know if you were wish casting this or if you saw this, but James Mangold is in talks to direct Swamp Thing. Uh I brought it up because that's something that was mentioned okay. around the time right after Swamp Thing, and then James Mangold posted something on his Twitter. I'm like, do it, do it, complete the deal, complete the deal, do it, do it, do it. Uh, Amazon doing good things. Uh, the Charmel List has been renewed for season two. Uh, sure. A prequel series focused on Taylor Kitsch's character is also in the works. I didn't watch it yet, but anyone I talked to who has seen it had nothing but raving reviews about it. Uh, I haven't seen it, but to counter with the show that, I, from what I've heard about the show, uh, has similar vibes is on Paramount Plus, The Mayor of Kingstown, mm-hmm. which stars Jeremy Renner, which Look is at all in, these Avengers. 
which is in the middle of its second season right now, which I would suggest people watch because it's it's about the prison system and everything. And do you want to see Jeremy Jer- Renner beat the ever-living shit out of some guys? Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, coming to select theaters, debuting on April 21st, starring Paul Mescal and my queen, Melissa Barrera, Carmen. The film follows a woman who embarks upon a dramatic and life-altering journey from Mexico to Los Angeles to find freedom. If it has Melissa Barrera, I'm watching it, so let's go. Daddy Paul Mescal, baby. So, all right, I, I, I want you to pull up a picture of Paul Me- a picture of Paul Mescal, okay? Okay. And now I'm going to tell you something you won't believe. Okay. Timothy Chalamet is older than him by almost by by a little less than a year. Oof. <laughs> Paul, Paul. Yikes. T- Timothy Chalamet looks like he's still like 20. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Paul Paul Mascal truly looks like he's in his late 20s and he looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So. Uh, we got uh, a new look at Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan in Creed Three, very uh, Spider meme, Spider Man meme adjacent of them pointing on each other. Do I think uh, that movie's going to be good? No. Am I going to have fun watching it? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, here is your time to feel old, everybody. Fifteen years ago this week, premiering on the Disney Channel. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Phineas and Ferb. The fact that, that Phineas so and horrible. Ferb is 15 years old is crazy. I mean, at at the same time, if we think about it, their theme song is it is a Bowling for Soup song. True. It's a banger. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a banger, but it's the sign of the times. It was a Bowling Soup song. Bowling for Soup. Which apparently they are bringing Phineas and Ferb back on Disney+. Yeah, Plus. Why? 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 Thinking of kids. Yeah, but it's also a son that you creators can't fucking think of new shit. I'm sorry. Uh, Disney expect is expected to have teasers at the Super Bowl for the following films. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The Little Mermaid. And Elemental. There's also a possibility for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and the Marvels to get TV spots. Now, to me, I'm genuinely surprised that there's going to be TV spots for Guardians 3 and potential for the Marvels. Well, see, I will counter that by saying DC just gave a major announcement, so they needed to swing it back towards their direction. That's valid. So that doesn't so that doesn't surprise me at all. Marvels would maybe surprise me, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, they were like, "We're gonna drop the new Guardians of the Galaxy trailer during the Super yeah. Bowl because the movie comes out in what May." Yeah. Uh, and we have one trailer already. May fifth, I believe it is. Yeah, start, 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 start of May. Super Bowl's 
early middle of February. Because if we think about the run-up, we got the second Ant-Man trailer, what, a month ago? Mm-hmm. And so they're going to give this more... I feel like they're going to give this more runway in comparison. Because, you know... Ant-Man comes out that Friday, too. Yeah, so they, they, they don't have to do that much for Ant-Man, if we're being honest. Like, it's it's it's... It's pretty much already set, and you can't mark 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 it much more nine days, nine yeah. days ahead of time. Given given they've dropped how many like fe- featurette clips and shit, it's like no, guys, you've you you've done everything you can for the movie at that point. I'm excited to see the stuff from The Little Mermaid and Elemental, though. I think Elemental is gonna be really good. Do, do do you want my honest opinion? I don't care you about don't The care. Little Mermaid. I don't care. Stop making live action remakes. Just stop it. Like you, you we don't need it. I so, haven't watched any of the live action Disney remakes, but I will watch this one. Sure, Mr. Musical Theater. Like it just it, it's like yes, it's like, but I'm also I also like the cast and who oh, they oh, cast oh, for. Oh, tr- tr- yeah, tr- trust me. I love that Debbie Diggs is playing Sebastian and all that, but it's like I also like the Aquafina scuttle. <laughs> like yeah, but 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 it's just like I these things don't need to exist. Like like the and I say this over and over again. The fact that the live action Lion King is one of the ten highest grossing films not adjusted for inflation ever is a fucking travesty. <laughs> it's a fucking travesty. Like like if like switch it with frozen okay i get it sure but live action lion king listen i know it has a bad i know it has a good voice cast but like if you look at the side by side of scenes it's so much fucking worse with these with the cgi lines it's like fuck off go to hell we don't need to do these live action remake money grabs so you can get all the parents to take the kids in the theaters when just like why not just show well, the first I've got a new Disney one Plus. for you. Bloomhouse is live action. Five Nights at Freddy's movie has begun filming. Yeah, but yeah, but that's a video game. So I don't uh, give a fuck. <laughs> uh, we're also getting a new look at Transformers Rise of the Beasts during the Super Bowl. Again, uh, a movie that I'm fine is existing, but it's like doesn't move the needle at all. Yeah. Star Wars Visions Season 2 premieres on May 4th on Disney+. Plus. That's Here, the anime thing, right? Yeah. So here's some of the studios that are uh, producing episodes for it. Cartoon Saloon, 88, Elk Weary Studios, Punk Robot, Triggerfish, Dart, Shitaijio, uh, uh, OM, IR Studio, and here's the one that's in- intriguing. Ardman are developing a short for Star Wars Vision series two, season two. Can I trigger a childhood memory of the one and only Wallace and Gromit? That's their ah, studio. Ah, yes. Jeez. Jeez. I love it. Um, next is, is, on my is, list here. Is there space cheese in Star Wars? Hmm. Hmm. Did 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 they mine the moon and find cheese in a galaxy far, far away? 
Hmm. Or did they blow it up with the Death Star and make space nachos? Hmm. <laughs> See? Decision. Comment I'm down below. Sure, on I'm sure they'll answer that in the short <laughs> they make, right? Uh, <laughs> Scott Lang's autobiography book from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is a real book that you can buy now on Amazon. The uh, lookout for the little guy. Uh, cool. Uh, Hit Monkey has been renewed for season two at Hulu. However, the series will no longer be branded as Marvel. Okay. Sure, whatever, fine. Uh, Tatiana Maslany and Jasmine Savoy Brown have been cast in Green Bank. The sci-fi horror follows a woman who discovers the parents of the child she's caring for aren't what they seem. Set in a town where Wi-Fi, cell service, and radio are forbidden. Seems a forced thing, but whatever. Uh, Tom Hardy and Zazie Beetz will star in Lazarus for Apple TV+, where they will star in roles akin to Hannibal Lecter, and Clary Stalling. The series follows an investigation into serial killer Jurek Walter after one of his presumed victims turns out to be alive. This this feels like a very fun Tom Hardy part. This is like a very fun Tom Hardy part. Yes. Uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, has joined the One Million Watch Club on Letterboxd, which you guys can follow us on Letterboxd. Just search streamer season. You can follow us there. Uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, Christian, but the final season of The Umbrella Academy has begun filming. Sad, but not unexpected, given how last season was kind of a fall-off-ish type of thing. But, you know, all good things must come to an end. My chemical romance is back together. Now, I will sacrifice The Umbrella Academy for my chemical romance, you know? Here's one of the funniest things I have read this week. Oh, dear. David Harbour, our boy, <laughs> DK Harbour, uh, says he has a framed photo of Hellboy in his closet. So that, quote, just whenever I'm feeling particularly good about myself, I like to always remember where I came from. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Nice. Smooth. <laughs> Lovely. One of us. <laughs> One of us. Uh, that's absolutely incredible. Uh, we talked about David. Nick Offerman. <laughs> Shout out to David Harbour. Nick Offerman says he hasn't played The Last of Us due to how obsessed he became over playing Banjo-Kazooie. Which, which that's honestly hilarious. That's honestly hilarious. <laughs> he said that on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Uh, obviously, this weekend we get Pedro Pascal hosting Saturday Night Live and a clip. Dad, uh, Daddy Pedro. Daddy, Daddy Pedro. Pedro. A clip has uh, surfaced uh, of him on set dancing with a clicker at SNL. Do, do, does that surprise either of us? No. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Ash people in Avatar 3 will be, quote, an aggressive volcanic race of Na'vi. Their leader is Varang, played by Una Chaplin. To which I to which I respond, you can keep telling me this shit all you want. Just show me still images. <laughs> like that, that's that 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 that's the thing people need to learn about Avatar. The plot doesn't fucking matter, guys. It's it's the 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 plot the plot you can relate all you want. It's simple, 
it throws in a bunch of topics, but it doesn't beat you over the head with them. But what it does is it transports you to another world. And it's the visuals that matter with Avatar, not the story. And until you learn that, uh, you don't get hyped for Avatar until you actually see still images or footage from it. So this is your warning. That's all I have. Christian, did you have anything for the news and notes that I may have missed? Poker face? Oh, yes. Poke, tell, talk yes. to the people about Poker Face. Let them know. We're going to be talking about it on the show next week um, on Peacock. I think our How first Peacock. One, two? Um, be, be, because by then there'll be about five out because they dropped four at once to start. We can, and we I've watched two already. Two. All right. All right. So I'll let Dylan know. Uh, do you like Knives Out movies? Well, guess what, guys? This comes from the mind of Ryan Johnson, the man who wrote and directed both Knives Out movies. This is a moot. This is a show that... Kyle, did you grow up watching Columbo? Yeah. Did you like Columbo? I like some of Columbo. Well, congrats. You're getting 21st Century Columbo. <laughs> um... And even better, you get an absurd cast of one-off people showing up surrounding a core three cast of the hilarious Natasha Leone, who most people may know her from Orange is the New Black, Benjamin Bratt, and Ron Perlman. And then, you know, there's just people who appear in uh, who who appeared in one episode. So, for example, in the first episode, you get Adrian Brody, uh, Dasha Polanco, and and Ryan Johnson, regular, and, and and our very own Trooper Wagner from Knives Out, Noah Segan, in the first episode. And then in the second episode, you get John Ratzenberger, who who many people may know as Cliff from Cheers. Colton Ryan, who was in The, the Girl from Plainville. Oscar-nominated Hong Chow. And then in this third episode, uh, oh, and, and, also in, and also in the second episode, Brandon Michael Hall. But in the second episode, you know, we get Lil Howry, and I haven't watched it yet, but we all love Little Rel, and we know it's going to be hilarious. And there's still more people coming this season, such as yeah. Chloe Sevigny, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Oscar-nominated Stephanie Sue, Ellen Barkin, Simon Helberg, Howard Wallowitz himself, Nick, Nick Nolte, Tim Blake Nelson, Luis Guzman, Rhea Perlman. Like, guys, this show is stacked. This show is fun. This show is funny. And you are going to enjoy yourself a lot watching this. Each, each episode's about a hour long. It's basically told in you are shown... You 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 are shown the crime out out of time, and then you're thrown into a time before the crime happened with the main character, 
and her solving it. And great. You're all going to love it. It's on Peacock. It's going to be our first Peacock property we, we touch. Yep. Yeah, so that'll be on the docket next week along with The oh, Last of Us. Lest I say, the reason it's great is because this this Columbo-like character is a human lie detector. So she knows if so you know if she's so she so she so she knows if you're bullshitting her and 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 there's multiple moments during during the first two episodes when someone will tell her something and she'll just go bullshit. Nice. I know you're lying. So that'll be on the docket next week along with the Last of Us episode four and anything else that decides to happen in the streaming platform multiverse uh but that's all we got for you guys make sure you follow us on the socials at streamer and a whole lot of social media content's gonna start coming more consistently i promise uh at streamer twitter instagram follow christian on twitter at the whiz underscore phi follow me at kbizzl311 and follow dylan at dylan mazzola Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. And in lieu of Dylan being here, we're saying the line. Leave your show and movie recommendations in the Apple Podcast reviews. They get priority first. Uh, Leave them there. It helps the show grow. It helps more people get their ears and eyes on streamer season as we take this thing to the next level. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. You get full video episodes of streamer season, clips, shorts, original content, live streams, you name it. It is on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Trying to get that 1,000 subscriber threshold. Need to hit it. Uh, So be a friend, tell a friend. Subscribe, smash that like button, ring the bell icon. Comment down below your thoughts on everything we touched on on tonight's episode. And make sure you get your merch at phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. Get your streamer season merch. Get your merch for the big game. And uh, tag us when you get your merch as well. But this has been another episode of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Happy anniversary to us. For Christian, for Dylan's Steak Dinner, KB, till next time. See ya.